What's up, freaks? Welcome back to the Freaks Broadcast presented by the Prog Space. It is Wednesday um, and it is February the 19th and we're here in the moon base and uh, Randy just came back from Norway. Welcome back, Randy. Thank you, Dario. I just got back. I don't even know what day it is. I know it's pro. pro I only know what day it is because it's the broadcast day. And yeah, we're preparing the Thursday episode of this week, and um, right after we we we've wrapped up recording this bit here, I'm gonna jump into the U-Bahn, into the metro or subway, subway as you want to call it, <coughs> um, to get to a, a venue called Strom, which means power, power, like electrical power, electrical power, not the. Uh, physical or political, <laughs> not the, <laughs> yeah, not the illusion of power <laughs> <laughs> or that. Um, and there, I, I'm gonna uh, have two interviews for you tomorrow as well, and uh, in the episode, like in this very episode, after we uh, finished talking, uh, that's gonna be with James from Wheel, like a follow-up interview uh, to our interview with the drummer and guitarist we did from on the um Euroblast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm jealous you get to see Wheel again. I still <laughs> haven't seen them live and I'm not able to go tonight. That's a bummer. Sick child at home. Um but um, let's talk a little bit about the last weeks. I mean, um on Monday of course I had a long long what's hot section and what's like It was. I had the feeling it was one of the longest. Oh wow! It was was just like like me talking for almost forty minutes nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> And well, last week we had two episodes because you were gone in Norway. I yep. um, uh, was lucky enough to have two episodes worth of interviews with uh, Seaman from Leplers and then the guys from Marathon and also Guillaume from Clone. Um, so if you missed that, jump right back in and uh, check out those cool interviews. You should as well. Right? I should as well. I, Once you I, find, you know, I find think I thought I would have all the time in the world during traveling, but somehow you you never have any time. And I was shooting for seven days straight um, for our Matter Mortem documentary. Um, yeah, right. The the last of, of the last of them. So I just didn't have the unfortunately I didn't have the headspace or the time to. To, to listen to those what's hot hots and 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 the interviews and um i, I really love the interviews i have to admit uh, those those were really interesting ones for me because the bands are interesting the the guys had interesting stuff to tell yeah i can't <laughs> wait to listen i only had what's cold because i was in norway in the winter <laughs> we have a hot coffee this like an espresso <sighs> this afternoon it's nice Nice. So, you want to tell us a little bit about your adventures in Norway first, or should we first talk about um, the shows we haven't talked about yet? Uh, I'll just uh, get through briefly what I did, what I was doing, uh, and then we can get into the, the fun stuff. Because you can't fully tell what I did, right? Because yeah. we're still making a movie that hasn't come out. Um, so, as you probably know, we've been making this documentary about Matter Mortem for a year. We yeah, started right. filming a year ago, literally, like, uh, I think it was the 14th of uh, February was the, when I first arrived in 
in Norway to that, that, meet the band. That, that, that quick. I mean, we, we, we made the connection with Agnete in December, December. around the 10th or something. Cause, uh, yeah, we did the interview for the first episode of the broadcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah. yeah and like then two, during two, two months later, you were in Norway filming. <laughs> I have to go back and listen to the episode and listen to the interview because that's where she mentions, I think for the first time that they wanted to do a documentary could be. Yeah. About the twentieth anniversary, and then, um, and then, yeah, and then later everything, on, she everything wrote just back. Un- unfolded. Yeah, everything kind of unfolded from there. <laughs> and now we're like a year in. We've shot like nearly thirty days. Wow. Um, more, I think, more than twenty interviews. Oh my goodness! Uh, and we still have two more interviews um, to do: one in New York and one in Stockholm. Um, that will happen all in the next two months. And awesome. uh, we're trying to get the rough cut, the like the f- kind of the first edit of all the material together by early spring so that we can um, shop it around a bit to sales agents and we're trying to get to some film markets. Um, so apart from being, you know, a movie about Matter Mortem, we're also making a, you know, like a music documentary that can reach people that don't know them, you know, like yeah. a, like a real festival film. Um, That's super exciting. Uh, so, yeah, really? I'm very excited that it, w- it didn't start that way. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just, it just started. It uh, developed uh, by itself, like, like it absolutely. Got, it, it, organically. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. Primarily because the band um, was open and honest about a lot of things with us. And that just turned into like a much deeper um, universal story. Um, that goes, you know, beyond um, the band. I mean, of course, it is what it is what um, you know the band is born out of yeah. that this experience that they've had and like their, you know, their personal lives and stuff. It gives the music the life that it has, and it, it and I think if you're not if you if you don't know Matter Mortem, you should go check them out first of all. Um, yeah, and if you I are a fan um, already, you know how like complex and emotional the music is and um, how emotional and complex the singer Agneta is in her performance um, and in the lyrics and stuff. And this movie is definitely going to be a, um, will be representative of that. It will, the point is to try to make a film that lives up to the way they make music and therefore, they have been um, very honest and straightforward about a lot of things, a lot of personal things, um, and that will really show people where you know where the inspiration from this music comes from, where that place is that they gather these this inspiration, these ideas, the darkness, and all of those things, how that bubbles up into the music. So. Um, I think it's going to be a cool film. I hope you guys will check it out. Of course, stay tuned here on the podcast. We'll always um, make note um, when we have some news. Yeah. There's a, a website and a Facebook page coming um, at the beginning of March. Awesome. And um, it hasn't been announced publicly yet, um, but... First time you hear about it on the uh, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and we will be doing... There will be a call to action to Matter Mortem fans um, coming from Agneta and the band at the beginning of March, um, having to do with how people can can participate and be in the movie. Awesome. Um, so stay tuned for that. That was my trip to Norway. <laughs> I was actually in Bergen 
and um, in Headmark County, where the, where the band is primarily from, which is like a rural area about an hour north uh, east of Oslo. Yeah. And in Bergen, I was there to film uh, at their label, at Dark Essence, uh, who is, is the... the is the label that's Dark Essence, Dark, Dark Essence and yeah. Charisma, yeah, records, a, um, like a twin twin label, exactly a yeah. twin label. And uh, I had a, a interview with Martin Kavam, they're one of the one of the label founders, yeah, and um, you know a personal fan of the band since their first record. So yeah. um, that was really cool, and um, he gave me. Um, ah, close uh, to the rain, close Prague. to the rain, Bergen Prague Festival awesome. T-shirt. I guess yeah. that's the thing they put on up there with more, probably more of their charisma yeah. fan base because the yeah. dark essence is more the, the extreme dark stuff, dark yeah, stuff extreme, and, and then charisma uh, is like the more the classic prog yeah Prague prog rock prog rock yeah. and then I mean the the Norwegian scene has both in abundance and yep. uh, and the third one would be the modern prog yes which we talked about uh, yep. with the marathon guys for example like this new exactly. new modern Norwegian Prague. Yeah. I mean, Leprous <laughs> Marathon. Who else? Rendezvous Point. Rendezvous Point, of course. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, weren't they on Charisma for the first record? I'm not sure now. I think I think the first record from them came through Charisma. And then they went to Long Branch. Which is yeah. which is funny that I didn't even think about that when I was in the office. I would have otherwise I would have asked about that. But yeah. uh, anyway, um, cool label. Check them out. Yeah. Um, an independent label uh, by all all standards and yeah. um, a lot of great music. And it was really cool to visit that town and to to get to interview and hang out with them in their office, which also has uh, a, like a dual recording studio in it. Oh, wow. and it's the practice room of Enslaved. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was kind of like, <laughs> and there's new enslaved stuff coming this year. Yeah. I I heard. Yeah, so this um, was a very fun musical trip into Norway for me, and I'm back. I got back yesterday. Uh, we're back to editing, and yeah, here we are. We wanted to do a quick update on that and, uh, and, and some shows that we've seen. Yeah, the weekend before you yeah. uh, went to Norway, we went on a fun musical trip together. Actually. Yep. I, I was on trip on the Saturday of that weekend, um, which was the 9th of February. Nope, the 8th. The, the 8th, right. The, the Saturday was the 8th, uh, and I went on a trip to Dortmund. Yep. As you will know, if you have followed the broadcast in the last uh, one and a half weeks. Which is like a six-hour drive from here, right? Five, six? Yeah, six, something like this. six and a half. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, six... Um, Solid. Yeah. Um, but my good friend Vincent drove. That was very convenient. Um, and yeah, I saw the uh, tour start of the show, uh, uh, the, the tour of Leprous with Clone and Marathon. Awesome. And it was, uh, as you also will hear, or maybe already heard in the interview, it was uh, actually Marathon's first concert outside of Norway except for one appearance at Roskilde Festival in 2018 before the album even was released. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was a rock and roll one so they got uh, uh, delayed with sound check. First day of tour. Yeah. 
happens. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a distance to Norway to there. I mean, I'm assuming they drove down or, um, or did they fly in? No, they fly. Uh, the, like the everything met there. Okay, at that, at that junkyard venue. Yeah, and. Um, so that's where where everything comes together. The also, bus showed up. They came with their stuff. Yeah, equipment, equipment wise. Okay. Um, right. So uh, that's a hectic day. I, yeah. I, I guess. So so they jumped right in with just like five minutes line check and they oh, smashed wow. it. And uh, yeah. and I I, I got to say uh, their 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 energy is. I mean I I knew Frederick as a frontman from Twenty Two, yep. having seen Twenty Two two times before, and um. I'm a, Marathon is no different energy-wise. They're also like uh, it is a little bit different because it's a little, has some other nuances and 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 flourishes. Yeah, uh, the marathon music. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but it's also it's different. High high energy yes. and and highly engaging um, with the with the crowd. And uh, I gotta say, I really love the um, habit of uh, Frederick to do all his uh announcements uh without a mic just screaming into the audience like <laughs> just to connect like like directly yeah it's, like, it's so fun i thought uh, i thought it, it, it would just it uh, i mean i have of course i haven't seen footage from all the shows they've done in the last uh two weeks yeah or what um no it was one one and a half week um but i i've seen it i thought it would he he, he would just do that because that was a relatively small venue. But uh, I, I I've seen footage from from a later gig in a bigger venue where he did that as well. So I'm I think it's just his his thing on this tour that's that he's doing, and it's like hopefully at one point the venues will be too large for him to do that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, cool. Um, I also uh, said that in the. Um, in one of the interview episodes, or in one of the interviews, actually, I I, I think it's it's a really cool and diverse package. Um, having this upbeat um, start with marathon, yeah, uh, then getting the slow French uh, melancholy <laughs> with clone, and then then kind of a mix of both with Leprous because they also have yeah. these kind of dancey stuff from the new record Pitfalls, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and and even though the topics are quite dark and dire, um, melody like Alleviate is very very hopeful yeah. and 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 light and like goes up yeah. and doesn't drag you yeah, that much down. So so they have like this mix. <laughs> And 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 that was like well well balanced yeah uh, well a well balanced uh, package and uh, three amazing bands go see them live if you still have the chance they're just in in Romania right now or they've been to Romania the last two days I think now it's on to the Netherlands France and um, Portugal Spain they're gonna Romania to to the Netherlands yeah. Whoa. I think they have one one, one, day, one off. day off. Yeah, between. Yeah, yeah. That's a haul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, excellent. Yeah. And you didn't get any rest? Um, no, because on Sunday we had a date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we went to see Dream Theater here in Munich yep. in the Zenith. For the uh, 20th anniversary of Scenes from a Memory yes. tour. Um, we talked about the album the week before on the show here. 
mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. Yeah, digging into that uh, classic. It was time, nice to timeless record. It was nice to dig into it and then go to the show. Yeah, you know, to yeah. just. Uh, I mean, it, it's my favorite record, so it's not like I would have forgotten anything. But just to immerse in a conversation about it before yeah. the show um, was, was quite nice because then when I went back into it, I like reflected on a lot of what we talked about. And uh, yeah, it was super emotional. I mean, uh-huh. I, I really uh, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoyed seeing Dream Theater live. And um, yeah, it was a fun day. I hung out with Jordan for the, for the afternoon. Um, as some of you know, we've made a number of films at Freaks TV with Jordan Rudis. Yeah. Uh, I've known him since, um, since I lived in New York, since 2006, actually. So it's been some years. Yeah. Um, we don't see each other that often, obviously, <laughs> usually yeah. when he's on tour or if I'm in New York or something. But um, we've been making a, a film with him as well. Uh, a little bit different than the Matter Mortem movie, but a project we've been kind of slowly chipping away at with um, small parts coming up in the Freaks TV lineup. And then a couple of years ago when they were on the 25th anniversary tour of Images and Words, yeah. which we also made a film for while they were here, um, which you can see on their YouTube page, we, we shot with Jordan at the German Museum the Deutsches Museum, they call it, the German yeah. Museum of Science and Technology. Yeah. Um, and um, that was the last time they were in Munich. So we did some filming there with him at the in the music department and did some interviews and stuff here at the Moon Base. And uh, yeah, so this time around, we, we, we got to catch up and just have lunch and hang for a little while before he had to you know, do his, his band business stuff. Um, and then after the show, we, we got a chance to catch up with him in the, yeah. the VIP, I guess, mm-hmm. area, they call it. Um, yeah, it was was super nice to meet him. He was... Uh, everything I expected him to be, like, a super, like, soft-spoken and yeah. gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he somehow has both, right? Because he can be this personality on camera and, like, this larger-than-life, but... You know, also be very personable and yeah, yeah, not, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the guy. It's a good, um, good fella. And I hope we get that movie made too, because that's one you probably want to see too, because it's more about music technology and, yeah. and Jordan's yeah. like life story and geek, geeky synth gear. Yeah, geeky synth gear, and also like the. I mean, he's always on the like cutting edge of, of newest developments newest developments in music yeah. technology and I mean where they're going is is pretty impressive yeah. um, what he's working on in, at the, in the last 20 years I, I guess when they made um, Scenes from a Memory he, who, who would have thought uh, they would be here where they are now with the with the technology they have right yeah. now at their disposal. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you, if you, if you listen to the, you know, and watch the live stuff from them over the years, you see him building on those things. I mean, I remember with, um, Octavarium, he, you know, brought out the, the, the Hawking Continuum. continuum. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. which was a, a really yeah. unique instrument, yeah. which I think he kind of expanded on with the Geo Shred, yeah. you know, having this yeah. instrument, and then also in, in the meantime was the Rolly Seaboard um, developing and, and exactly like so, coming out and establishing as uh, 
that seaboard as new absolutely instrument. and like basically the concept i mean the simplest part of it i guess is like touch sensitive yeah like using touch um to be able to slide and bend and do stuff um that was the basis of those things and, as and well so and, and to comp control the the digital synthesis of of, of, of filters and effects yeah with your touch with and your touch not, not needing a second hand to turn some knobs yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> more of an xy light right approach than just a like on off or left right kind of knob yeah approach so yeah anyway that that's for an, that's for another movie stay tuned that's for another movie um yeah I have three little snippets of news I want to uh, highlight a little bit. Yeah. Um, first of all, you remember, um, you might remember that I was kind of unsure if Sorted Pink is still happening uh, at the beginning of this year when yeah. I was when I was uh, doing the expectation of 2020 um, uh, episode because the last post on Facebook was like a year ago or something and well they they finally put out a teaser and it sounds crazy heavy and crazy complex cool. so I have no idea what, what they, they, they like. It, I, I'm, it's probably going to be pretty diverse I don't think it's going to be that heavy and complex all the time <laughs> uh, it, it was just a little teaser but it's happening so that, that was awesome news um Maybe I know the next piece of news because it sounds like the, if, if it's related or is that a third? That's the third. The uh, second okay. The second is actually uh, uh, due to our uh, relationship with Venezuela in the Prox space because yep. you might know that our founder Van is from Venezuela originally. And uh, so, of course, she's... Uh, she is in contact with a lot of people from like from the scene, from the prog scene there. Mm -hmm. And there was this band called Echoes. Um, they had one amazing album called Nature Existence. Okay. Uh, probably 15, 20 years ago. I don't know. Wow, okay. <laughs> Not 15 maybe. Yeah. Mid 2000s. No, 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 no. Wait, it was 2010. So 11 years. S slow down, Dario. That was only 11 years ago. <laughs> I know a lot has happened in yeah. the world since then. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, they they have the guys from Echoes. Also, most of them are out out of outside of Venezuela now because we all know it's it's yeah, uh, it's a shit show. It's a shit show there. It's uh, not fun living there and staying there. So there and uh, especially their keyboarder Alfredo has been all over Europe. Uh, playing as a concert pianist actually okay um but they are working on new music i i already heard a little demo and um so finally after 11 years uh, there's some progress uh um on a follow-up of this amazing album echoes uh nature existence go check it out it is on spotify it is and, okay and and it's it's a really great record it's like in in a melodic prog metal uh, sense, still unique, which is usually you got like if you play like a certain style of melodic prog metal, it's like 
a lot of bands sound the same. Yeah. But they don't. But oh, it's wow. still melodic prog metal. Somehow. Well, I get. I look forward to the chance to get a taste of this by listening to your great playlist that you put together, together with the Prog Space. Yeah. Uh, on the on the Prog Space without the space account <laughs> right. on uh, Spotify. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be able to check it out there, right, Dario? Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. And now the third. The third thing this. has got to be uh, zero hours making yes. a new record. Yes. Totally unexpected. Yeah. Uh, Jason. Probably uh, Tipton. Jason Tipton, the shredder and main guy of Zero Hour, uh, probably had some some itching in his fingers. He wanted to play something. And uh, so he get, got back together with Eric Roswald, the singer of the first two Zero Hour song, yeah. um, um, albums, and, um, and enlisted the um, Dutch drummer Rule van Helden. Yep. Uh, and he has already wrapped up recording his drum parts in the Kohlekeller studios here in Germany. Yeah. Uh, Rule uh, used to play in two significant prog bands. One is Subsignal. Yep. And before that, the other one was Suncaged. Oh, yeah. Suncaged. Also, also wow. a favorite of ours, right? Yeah. And uh, like the last years, he was busy uh, um, touring the world with the Power Wolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, so. Uh, was it w probably was a challenge for or, or was he was excited I, I would assume he was excited to play some complex stuff uh, for a change yeah <laughs> I'm really I mean they said that they were going to go back to the the Towers of Avarice and um, um, the second album Met 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 Metis, Metamorphosis Metamorphosis Met, yeah. Metamorphosis uh, Style yeah um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward, especially it's, it's, having the original singer back too. Yeah. I really was a fan of him. There's um, going to be a new bass player. I mean, um, yeah. if you've followed the band, uh, Troy Tipton is not able to play bass anymore, unfortunately, yeah. because of, uh, medical issues in yeah. his hands. Was a great um, bass player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, uh, I feel so lucky that I have seen them live, uh, like 10 years ago or something at Proc Power. Um, and, um, yeah, I was talking to someone, I think it was Alexandre, uh, about the reunion, and I said, well, um, on that weekend, it was the same weekend where Cynic were kind of the re the first reunion show with Trace in Air in Europe or something. Yeah. They played Focus and Trace in Air back-to-back -back yeah. on both albums, and uh, on the same weekend somewhere else in the lineup there was zero hour and the zero hour gig was almost even more jaw-dropping and awe-inspiring than a cynic wow gig uh i remember that that being like really jaw-dropping stuff yeah um so that is uh, exciting news i'm excited yeah and uh yeah i'm gonna go back uh to listen to some Zero Hour again. Towers of, Towers of Ever is... is uh, and Chris classic. Salinas was a great singer too. Uh, uh, the Power of Omens singer that yeah. sang with them for a long time. Yeah. Um, but you have yeah, to like he, his voice too because he, he, he has he, this... he was singing with them back, back when, when I saw them. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Um, but but I am... I am I, I liked the like the first album from them. I think was on our when we we did our like favorite debut albums yeah. um, a year ago or something. Or half a year ago, and I'm pretty sure the Towers of Avarice was on was on my list because uh, I think this is just 
perfect album from beginning to end. And yeah. I look forward to, I know that they probably won't go back to exactly that thing because, yeah. you know, they're older and, you know, life and stuff. Um, but I really look forward to what they're going to do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's it. We're almost uh, half an hour in. Yeah, and you got to get to the, get to the show. Get I to gotta, the interviews. I got to get to the show. I got to get home. <laughs> catch some interviews for you guys. Um, yeah. So yeah, stay tuned for those. Uh, I will attach them. Yeah, we also, uh, it's important to note, we have a holiday coming up here in Germany uh, with the with what they call Pentecost, I guess. Uh, the schools are out um, next no. week for two weeks. That's uh, um, Carnival. Right, I'm already in, I'm already in uh, the summer. Yeah, we, we, yeah we, carnival. We, yeah, we were discussing some other plans for the Pentecost earlier were, were today. We? we were. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so confused but, where yeah. what time of what time of year it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we had snow, and then ten minutes later we had like uh, sunshine and yeah. ten degrees or something. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, and I don't. We haven't we haven't scheduled how we're going to do the broadcast next week. So you probably and get a, 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 a what's hot right as usual on. on, on on Monday, um, any on a Monday, you will get your what's hot Monday yep. as always, and then we'll have to see. As I will be back in school as well from the beginning of March. So that's right. And um, we'll next week, uh, I'm gone for several days uh, for vacation. Finally, um, but uh, but then my band has got a couple of gigs in a row. Um, and because of the holiday, we have to see how we'll get in, but hopefully we can get a, an episode in next week before Dario's last day yeah. officially with us <laughs> at Stuist Media and uh, Moonbase. Hmm. Mm, that was quick. That's seven months. Yeah, it really flew by, <laughs> right? Well, we are at episode 43 yeah. now with the broadcast, I think. Yeah, I mean, and we'll have to see how how we how we flow. Dario's yeah. got a lot of stuff going on when when he leaves here, you know, with school and stuff. Yeah. And so I'm 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 pretty sure we'll probably go back to one episode a week, um, but we'll have to see how we can fit that in with me having full time school now, yeah. not being at the moon base, and yeah. Um, but we'll figure something out and we'll let you know. Um, what would be great, too, is if you're listening and um, you like the show uh, and you're reviewing and uh, giving it a giving it a subscribe, uh, is to let us know on Facebook or Instagram or whatever what, um, what you like the most about the show. So if yeah. we have to, like, you know, size down for a couple of months. Um, what should we focus on? What should we focus on? Of, Which, of, of course, the interviews is something that we... We cannot always uh, uh, is is not always in our hands uh, as we have to see which bands come come, come are coming by through the city yep. or who is available for a Skype call. We haven't done those in a while. But, right? Um, yeah, just let us know what you what you like about the show. It would be cool to get some feedback. Right. <laughs> and I mean, it would be a bummer to always be separate. But I guess that's another option. Is that we have to do separate episodes like you are what's hot and then me i don't know what am i going to talk about by myself <laughs> in the dark uh who knows uh what's not what's not hot <laughs> uh uh so but yeah maybe you guys can let us know what you what you want us to to do during that time so that we can kind of adjust and, and see how we best deliver what you want yeah awesome thanks dario 
Thanks, Randy. It was great to have you back in the studio. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for making it happen last minute like we did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the two interviews coming up with Wheel and German band Van Holzen. That's going to be interesting. Thanks for listening. Take care and freaks, freaks out. out. So, uh, what's up, freaks? We're, as promised, uh, the broadcast is in Munich in the Strom tonight, uh, this afternoon, actually. It's still afternoon, and I'm sitting here in the backstage uh, green room with uh, James from Wheel. Hello. <laughs> Great to have you on the show. Really good to be here. Thanks for coming to do an interview. Um, yeah, as the broadcast listeners might remember, we already... Uh, talked to your drummer, Santiri, and uh, the old guitar player, uh, Roni. Uh, at Euroblast last year, you, you were coming late there, so the two guys took care of the interview. Um, but now you're here. and yep. um, <laughs> So uh, tell us a little bit about the story of Wheel from your side to get, to get into... <coughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, you obviously, you're not from Finland... <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, I was writing this kind of music since I was about maybe 19, 20. Uh, and when I was at my university, back when I was younger, there were a few versions of them, a band like this that existed. And we played a few of the songs, actually, that are on Wheel's first EP. Um, like We played Farewell and The Change, and um, I'd just written The Path towards the end of that period. But the band just didn't work out. Like um, I really loved the music, but I became kind of jaded with the the whole scene and I was getting to a point where I was completely broke and I was seriously considering quitting, quitting music altogether um, and then a guy I went to university with won the idols competition over in Finland and he started offering me work to fly out and play acoustic guitar with him and I'll be honest I didn't like the music very much but it was paying work doing music so I thought it's either this or I stop I'll just try and make the best of it so I was working with that guy for about maybe four or five years um, and it just wasn't for me. Like It was mainly covers we were doing uh, and I still play, um, or at least until recently, I was playing covers gigs to kind of fund myself. I've been a troubadour for a long time, yeah. um, which sounds a lot more romantic than it actually is. Like in practice, it's more like uh, five 45-minute sets for seven days in a week on a cruise ship between Finland and Sweden. Oh, wow. Where um, sometimes it's really nice, but other times people just completely ignore you. It's uh, it really depends on the day, but it's um, it's one of these jobs where it's it's not the most inspiring kind of art to make. <laughs> All right, uh, but uh, then I mean, then you were in Finland, and then you found some other guys to play this kind of music. Pretty much, yeah. um, I was on a TV show with this idols guy called uh, Tarto Mikki, which roughly translates to "grab the mic." And uh, it's a bizarre format, like, um, as a British guy, I've never seen anything like this. It was really fucking odd. All but right. they, uh, they get people from the public to go into karaoke booths, and they sing the start of a song. And if you know what the song is, you press a button, a buzzer goes, and the band start playing, and you join in singing the song. So uh, we lost, by the way. But um, okay. <laughs> I really got on with the guitar player, who was Sakul Matila, our first guitar player. And we started talking about um, doing a kind of... He called it mature metal, but um, I was always very much of the mind that it's it's kind of progressive rock slash metal yeah. kind of bands. He recruited Santari and Mikko, the other two founding members, and uh, we just never looked back. I, I decided around that time to quit doing the 
the the pop thing because I just uh, it was making me really unhappy. So I had a short stint as an IT salesman, which <laughs> I was rubbish at. All right. um, and then gradually, I was getting offered more and more work as a musician and. Uh, not even just a performer anymore. I do co-writing and production and all kinds of bits. And uh, it's just been a really great kind of window into the Finnish scene. And um, I feel incredibly lucky that I've had an opportunity to, to end up doing music I really like and to play with people that are so talented. It's pretty crazy because I'm not trained at all, really. Uh, I mean, I've got a degree that's technically in creative music technology, but to be completely honest, I wasn't going to many of the lectures. <laughs> I was writing music, playing in bands, and uh it's learning by doing well, completely <laughs> and the other guys in the band they're all extremely well-trained Finnish musicians like most of the people from the Nordic region doing this as a job so we think that clash kind of makes interesting stuff mm -hmm. and I guess that was a very long-winded way to tell you that I moved to Finland <laughs> I quit a band then we started wheel <laughs> <laughs> all right um fast fast track forward to like two two EPs one album and now you're on your first headliner tour um that was pretty quick i would say we feel the same we didn't think anyone would uh well we knew we had some fans but we didn't really expect the turnout we've had like uh nearly all the shows have been great actually like um i think uh cologne particularly yeah. something like 250 people we had no idea It's to expect such a great turnout it's awesome i mean you, you you've been there at Euroblast last year so and, yeah and Euroblast. Uh, even though being a festival with an international audience, um, there's still a lot of native people from Cologne also going there, and sure. and, and they, I, I'm pretty sure they liked your show at Euroblast because it was awesome, and then they, they just uh, yeah had the chance to see you again with a longer set as well. Well, it's really great to see. I mean, I know it's a cliche at this point, but we don't take any of this for granted. We feel incredibly lucky that anyone cares about the kind of art we want to make. And uh, yeah, it just inspires us to keep trying. <laughs> awesome. And uh, but yeah, since since Euroblast, uh, the lineup has changed a little bit as well. Uh, can you can you fill us in with the, what's new in the wheel camp? Uh, what For sure. Happened in yeah. the meantime. <clears throat> so uh, during the tour we did with Summon last year, our previous bassist Mikko left for personal reasons. Um, he had to go back to Finland really quickly, so we, we ended up doing two shows with backing tracks, which was terrifying. All and right. uh, we managed to get um, Aki Virta to fly out and play six so shows with us, and later on, another friend of ours, Juri Helko, to fly out and play the last few shows Aki couldn't make. And incredibly, we didn't miss a gig, and nothing that bad happens. I mean, they're really top-notch musicians. And awesome. with Aki, he, uh, he just fit in right away, and... I think the longer we worked together, the more shows we played. It's terrifying how fast he's learned this stuff because I didn't learn it anywhere near as quick. Like so, the and the, the, uh, the 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 more shows he played with you, the, the more obvious it got, it got that he should stay in the band permanently. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> the first time he came to play with us, he'd been listening to the music for three days. And oh my goodness! He was rocking out like a king, playing this stuff in elevens and thirteens and. We were just like, holy shit, how does he do that? Like, we're still struggling to do that, and we've been doing it for a year. <laughs> so um, we just love the energy he kind of brought to it, because, I mean, visually, I think a lot of prog bands put accuracy ahead of the performance. Yeah. And uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. I like a lot of those bands. Um, but we, we kind of thought that our kind of spice for the soup is going to be we, we rock out like ACDC while playing this, you know, fucking crazy polyrhythmic stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and with the guitarist, so Ronnie, um, st- extremely talented guy, he was involved from the start with moving backwards. Um, he found out that if he came to the US with us in a month when we go to support Swallow the Sun, he would lose his teaching job back in Finland. Shit. And uh, he's got a very young daughter um, oh, yeah. at home. Mm. He frankly fucking hates touring. So right. we weren't tremendously surprised when he said that it wasn't an easy choice, but he decided to leave. And yeah. I mean, I was really cut up about it at the time, but the longer I thought about it, I'm really glad he told us. And he's done it in such a professional way, like he's been teaching our new guy, JC Haltonen, how to play his parts, which is fantastic. Uh, and JC, he's young, he's ridiculously talented, hyper-motivated, Awesome. And like Ducky, he's just an animal on stage. Like we've gone from this stoic band with lights to this almost classic rock show, which I love. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Awesome. Um, yeah, now, now that we covered all the history of the band, like leading up to uh, your first album, Moving Backwards, and also what happened between Euroblast and now, um, Now that we have you uh, here on the podcast, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your um, musical background, uh, like your main influences and that kind of uh, stuff, uh, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, sure. I, I mean, uh, to be completely honest, I got guitar lessons for a period of, I can't remember exactly how much, but somewhere between six months and a year uh, by this guy called... Um, Brian, who was based in Cheshunt, close to where I grew up in Hoddesdon, back in the UK, and he'd played with Cliff Richards and The Shadows and these other greats from the kind of 60s scene back in the UK. He was a great player, and I was a really shit student. I didn't do my homework, I never practiced for scales or anything, and he's a lovely, lovely guy. And uh, I went on a ski trip with my school at one point, and when I came back, my dad just told me he's died, and he'd been playing badminton, passed away, and I just never got another teacher. Um, I don't really have a good reason for that. I just kind of figured if I want to learn something, I'll hammer it out myself. And I was never that bothered about being a great solo player. I just wanted to be a well-rounded musician. And same with singing. Like, I've never had a singing lesson in my life. I just kept doing it. And honestly, I was shit when I started. I just kept going. And eventually, it started to sound better. And I lost my voice less. So, <laughs> All right. And uh, then with the prog thing specifically... Yeah, I was recording. Yeah, with the yeah, with, with the how, how do you come to want, want to play this kind of music? <laughs> well, I mean, when I started playing, I was playing stuff like Oasis and Nirvana, and I loved it, especially Nirvana. Just uh, not the pretty tracks like Butch Vig ones, the really noisy ones with the horrible vocals that always spoke to me. <laughs> But uh, I was recording an EP with my first ever bands, and the producer said, "James, you've got to come listen to this album." And he played me Anima and gave me a director's commentary, just saying, "Yeah, check out what the drums are doing here, and listen to this sound effects." And I was just hooked. I spent about maybe 18 months just digging through Anima and Lateralist, trying to decode all the polyrhythms and the, the structural and arrangement things that were being done. And it just kind of opened my eyes to what can be done, even with a really simple lineup. Like uh, when you think that most of Tool is just three instruments on the record, it's fucking crazy, the, the range of sounds and the, the range of moods they can create. And it's, it's all through, obviously they're hyper-talented, but... It's good structure and it's good arrangement and that's the core of everything. And I think uh, having decoded that stuff so long, I've always just been hyper-interested in music that confuses me off the bat and I've got to put some time into to understand and enjoy. So naturally I was really drawn to stuff like Meshuggah and Carnival. Yeah, right. Um, 
it, it's just kind of nice when you've got to put some time in to figure it out. Another band was Sixth. Do you remember them from the UK? Yeah. It's, I love that group. We went to see them after their first EP came out back in the square in Harlow, and it just blew my mind. Um, this really interesting kind of jazz metal crossover with yeah. great they had, arrangements. They had, too. Like last year or two years ago, they had like a comeback album, like, like a reunion album. I yeah, think, yeah, I checked it out. Uh, yeah. What did you think of it, by the way? Um, I didn't really have the time to dig into it. Um, uh, there, there's uh, so much stuff coming out, and I, I, I thought it was interesting, but apparently not interesting enough to to uh, make me want to go check the whole thing out right away. But my, maybe I should do that. <laughs> there's some great stuff on there. I mean, I've got a real nostalgic soft spot for their first two yeah. albums because, um, I mean, at that time in my life, there was yeah. nothing like that. And they've, like yeah. Meshuggah, they've inspired a whole generation yeah. of bands. I think the, the first time I heard about them was actually from uh, Simone Dow, the guitar player of Voyager Australia. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she mentioned them at some point. And, and so, yeah, that's how I learned about, uh, about them. And she was like... Yeah, um, very uh, astounded that uh, they never caught on a b bigger audience and stuff. And, and the, I think that was before the reunion, even. So um, but, they were but, just ahead of their time, yeah, I think. I mean, I was yeah. at their last ever show, which was in uh, their last in brackets ever show in Highbury <laughs> in North yeah. London, and it was a killer gig. Really, yeah. really great band. But they, there they, was nothing like that at that point. They, it was they, they played here in Munich. I think they were supporting some bigger band. Um, I don't know, a year ago or something. I don't remember. I didn't have the chance to see them, but um, yeah, good, uh, uh, good mention. I, I will, I will go, go back and, and, and check out more of uh, Sixth then. <laughs> I'd recommend it. I mean, it, it's, it's incredibly weird, but that's my favorite thing about it. It's, it's still kind of unique. And uh, I think much like Meshuggah, despite how many bands try and imitate them, they've, uh, they're really in a class of their own. But, you know, that's all the kind of heavy prog stuff, but I've also been really into just, you know, classic great songwriting. Like, uh, I love Alice in Chains. I think Lane Staley is one of the best rock front men ever. I think Radiohead are phenomenal. Their sound design is just unparalleled by any other group. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we've got elements of both of them. Like, um, you know our song Please from the Divide EP? Not I have listened to it, but but uh, not not uh, like I, I can't recall it now. Yeah, yeah, uh, no worries. I mean, <laughs> all I was going to say was that the kind of guitar melody at the start of it was heavily inspired by the national anthem from Kid A. It's it's got a similar kind of uh, progression right. to it. So there's a little nod to some of these bands in there as well. Yeah, um, cool. And I just kept doing it. I mean, I've still got no real system or idea for what I'm doing. I just like spending time experimenting. I think John Cleese said that creativity is really just play it's um unobjectively experimenting to see what you can come up with and i think that's how most great ideas are made and you know i haven't made a great idea yet but i've made some good mm -hmm. ones and uh you know hopefully in the future i'll get the great ones too that sounds awesome <laughs> um to to finish off this interview maybe you got uh, three recommendations from last year your favorite songs favorite records three that like from the top of your uh, mind uh, do they have to be released in the last year or can mm -hmm. i think of stuff i've heard for the first time in the past year uh, either either way is fine <laughs> well first up i'm going to have to say tom waits and closing time the album is just breathtaking i'd never heard it before until this tour we've had it on in the van a lot just that is one of the best performances on recording ever. It's absolutely stunningly good. 
So I'd recommend that to anyone who wants to try something a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> in prog, I've got to say Fear Inoculum is just a masterpiece. Um, excellently put together, great recording, great writing, all the stuff I expected. And all the people who got upset about the record, I just kind of think, well, it's it's tall. They never do what you want them to do. They just they fuck with you, and that's the kind of whole point. <laughs> so I love it. I think that's really special. And what would the third one be? Okay, um, I'm struggling to think of an album, but I'll go with the last, the second most recent Billy Talent single, signal, uh, single, signal, single, single, uh, forgiveness uh, one and two. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Uh, uh, I actually featured it on the podcast, even though it's not really prog at all. I love um, that band. Um, yeah, I, I always had that feeling that there, there there's more to them that they're over like pop punk, whatever you want to call it, alternative rock. Um, <coughs> and like just last week, they released the the second part of that uh, accompanying uh, short movie. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I, I think I saw the trailer for it. Um, okay. But I haven't watched the yeah. rest. We've been on tour for the past few weeks, so yeah. I've given up on news and that kind of stuff. <laughs> you really just check it out. It's it's really weird, but and and uh, like a big production. It's like uh, have you have you ever seen the first the first part with with the uh, with those uh, people riding on the horses? Yeah, stuff? I remember. <laughs> all I remember thinking was the production values are amazing, but you yeah. know, come on, this can move a little bit faster. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Finally, three songs that would define the the wheel sound for you, like like wheel songs that we had. Yeah, it would have to be wheel first and foremost. Wheel by wheel, um, I just love the groove in that song, and uh, I think the development is is fucking amazing. Like uh, to own it in an interview. Um, where we get a lot of stick online for the fact the intro drum beat sounds similar to Ticks and Leeches by Tool. Yeah. And I really agonised about, you know, should we use this or should we just scrap the song? But I think as soon as the guitar part comes in, it goes off in a complete tangent to that idea. And we, we kind of thought we've got something new to say in this kind of Tom Heavy, crazy, intense seven vibe. So yeah, uh, we kept it and I'm really glad we did because um, it's still live. It's one of our most popular songs. I would have to say... Tyrant, I think that's another yeah. one of my favourites. It's uh, lyrically quite dense, like Wheel. Wheel's more about surveillance culture and this law that passed in 2016 in the UK, which has given the UK government what has been referred to as the most aggressive surveillance laws in the Western world. It's, wow. uh, it's freaking nuts, and when you give this power away, you're not going to get it back, and no one's talking about it. The only thing that matters to the UK is Brexit, and this uh, heavily polarised... Yeah. Binary, nonsensical, um, <laughs> everyone's wrong debate where the public just shouts at each other. Yeah. Uh, whereas Tyrant is more about this imagined future. I got the idea after watching a podcast with Sam Harris and Joe Rogan, and they were talking about um, censorship, especially in academia. Uh, All right. And the best example of this I saw was there was a, a lady talking about gender studies, and there were maybe four or five doctors from some of the best universities in the, in the States uh, talking about this. She said... To preempt my speech, I want to start by saying we need to accept there are biological differences between men and women. For example, women can have children. Um, and she got booed off stage. The whole lecture was boycotted. And, okay. you know, frankly, this movement seems to have died down a little bit, but I was just trying to imagine a future where you can't even state things that are objective facts 
because you're going to upset somebody and just what the world might look like um, yeah. through that lens. You know, in the first verse, it's got every whisper is a needle. And I think um, that's exactly how it feels when, if you can't state or even debate these kind of issues at university, then where can you do that kind of debate? Yeah. It's a, it makes society better. We should be able to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, I'm getting really off topic. No, um, but, I'm going to move yeah. on to the third song. <laughs> that's That's perfect. I love these kind of, like yeah diving into the deep end of uh, what what the songs or the music is about it's awesome oh, continue thank you. <laughs> i think about this stuff a lot anyway it's um, i'm a really fun guy at parties so uh i think the third one would be i'm going to i think the obvious one would be vultures but i'm going to go with where the pieces lie just because um i love how crazy it is and we really wanted to mess with the single format um, yeah. You know, we, we don't want to make the deliberate single, um, and I think a lot of the time bands feel pressured to do so to get more exposure. And um, I get it completely because I've been in bands that have done that before. But we just kind of thought, well, what if we completely break the whole thing? <laughs> we make the intro and the outro the same, and just have this radical escalation where the bar number changes every bar. <laughs> and you'll uh, break, break, break the wheel. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> And that one was just about overcoming adversity. Like, um, it was a really stressful time making that album. And the lyrics are specifically about just trying to persevere even when things are really hard. So, you know, um, fighting to survive, one last push for the border. It's, that's exactly how it feels, I think, when this sucks, but it's for a short amount of time. Let's get it done. And, yeah, I guess those would be my three tracks. Awesome. Thank you very much, James. That was a fun talk, and we got uh, some really interesting insights uh, into the wheel universe. Um, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. And, Thank you very uh, much. Keep it wheel. Back at you, man. <laughs> and thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Freaks out. Cheers. Yo, what's up, freaks? I'm still at Strom here in München, and uh, I have two young fellas from a band called Van Holzen here with me. They are probably you won't have heard about them because they're not really uh, yeah, in the prog scene, so to speak. Uh, that's uh, quite interesting that they're on tour with Wheel. Uh, but I thought I'd uh, take the opportunity and uh, yeah, find out what they're about. Uh, maybe you can introduce yourselves and, and the band quickly. Yeah, of course. My name is Flo. I sing and play guitar at Van Holsen. And um, yeah, excited and looking forward to the show tonight. Um, my name is Daniel and I play the drums at Van Holsen and we are three guys and the other uh, one's name is Jonas and he's the bass player and we never did an interview in English so uh, <laughs> always enjoy a, always the first time for everything right um, yeah and as you said before um, we're not that kind of band we're not a prog band not a metal band but so I think uh, rock, sonar rock. T t tell us what kind of band you are and, 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 and how did you come up with that name? Uh, how, why are you called Van Holzen? Um, wow, <laughs> that's a very boring story, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Um, in 2015, we wanted to change our band's name. Um, we wanted to make other music, other kind of style. And um, we searched long and hard um, for the right name for the right um, look. And then somebody found Van Holzen, I think. Yeah. Holzen. 
only wholesome first. And um, in the Duden, in the dictionary, um, yeah. wholesome, um, wie sagt man? wholesome means, uh, wholesome means um, play music hard yeah and yeah, um, yeah. I, I, i mean i'm german as well like i i can understand yeah. uh, wh wh where, where this coming from rock yeah yeah handmade Heavy. music uh, yeah all right and um you just added the fun we had the fun because it's a little bit i don't know it looks better V is a beautiful letter. <laughs> yeah, in combi combination with the A. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, what what kind of sound can can we expect from you? I mean, I mean, uh, to start right off, you're singing uh, with the German lyrics. That's of course uh, quite obvious. Um, but I w I would have a hard time. Uh, putting you into a box, into a drawer of a genre. Um, and what, what I, as a total prog nerd, would, would say what makes your kind of music uh, interesting for me is that um, even though I can hear some, I don't know, alternative rock and some pop punk, I don't know, influences that are usually not my stuff, I've, I, I felt there's an underlying melancholy that you usually don't find in that kind of music and that's maybe that kind of um, um, th that um, sounds maybe if you if you write it on paper okay there's these influences hmm That may, might sound weird, but it, it comes together naturally and it makes the music fresh and interesting, I think. How, how would you describe your music? Um, for me, it's also very hard to put us in one specific drawer or whatever. Um, so I think it's also because our songs are very different to one another so we we have very hard ones but we also have softer ones which are maybe even influenced by some hip-hop or whatever um so i i don't even really have have a specific category yeah i think it's cool that we have so much different influences and i don't know we started hearing Daniel loved Slipknot when he was like 13 or I I loved Foo Fighters or still love them um, and I think that's the best thing about making music you can um, I don't know take all those influences and write your own songs and then maybe someone like you <laughs> says um, okay I can hear some prog influences or there's an underlying energy to it um, but yeah I would say alternative rock, stoner rock, um, three-piece band, straightforward, um, but with different influences from all genres. All genres. Yeah, you have you have three releases, like one EP, self-titled EP from 2016, and then two albums from 2017 and 2019, respectively, Anomaly and Regen. Yeah. Um, that was the new album, Rain. Um, the albums were... Um, published through 
a major label even yes <laughs> uh, but you you still it, it still seems to me that you despite being on a major label you still have the musical freedom to do what you want as uh, otherwise i wouldn't expect uh, such a unique take on rock music coming out of this yes right and it was really important to us um, we said uh, to Warner well we make the music and if you love the music you can publish it but <laughs> we're still making the music you know not these people in in their office all right um, that's great uh, do I mean you, you've played a lot live um, even before you were called Van Holzen I read that you had a lot of live gigs and um, so do you have the feeling that you belong to some kind of scene or you just play live and, and no matter where mm -hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah first of all we play live no matter where <laughs> I don't you, care you, you played a lot of festivals as well yeah. and, and uh, with yeah. different bands support shows like Wheel or I don't know Heiskald is a band uh, here in Germany that's also very popular in, in the rock scene, alternative scene. Yeah, I don't know. We, we love to play live. Um, and I think we're in the scene. The, the rock scene is, isn't that big in Germany. So there's just a few bands who tour with each other and um, you know play festivals together. So I would count us to the scene of rock and alternative. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, so uh, for our playlist, would you do you have uh, three Van Holzen songs that you would think uh, represent your style best? Sure. Maybe let's start with Herr der Welt. Yeah. That's the <laughs> that's the foundation, I think, of of our sound, and uh, that's where it all started. Yeah. Um, As the second one, I think I would. Um, put Alle Meine Freunde from the new album because it's also it's something else it's a little bit more melodic and uh, more emotional it is, uh, it is the uh, opening track of the album and yeah. it was also one of the singles was, was the yes. first single? yeah it was the first yeah. single ah. and third one and the third one Regen Rain, I think the, the title, title track, track, the title track of the second album, and yeah, pretty straightforward rock song with some fuzzy guitars. Some fuzzy guitars. Um, yeah, you mentioned Herderwelt, that was the, I would say, f w when I did my research yesterday and today, it looked like it was the lead singer of the first album, and uh, there was also a quite impressive uh, video clip coming along with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the lyrics, what are kind of topics you write about, mm -hmm. and because I thought everything sounded quite quite interesting in a mysterious way, but also in like a, like not mysterious in the sense of hazy or clouded, but it's like with a with a clear vision of what you want to say, just like poetically put. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said it right. Yeah. So that that's my goal um, to write lyrics that I don't know make you feel like 
or, or brings you in the mood, some kind of mood, and um, but don't exactly name the problem or um, say you have to do this or that, um, behave like this, behave <laughs> like that. So just, I don't know, draw a picture and um, then the listener can, I don't know, make up, make up his mind and uh, think about it. Mm -hmm. And and what 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 are the 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 topics you like to write about? Um. Oh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> I love to observe, yeah. observe things that happen in society or politics. Um, like Herr der Welt um, is about this one um, huge um, um, leader, this this man who has all the power in the world and um, dictates um, where we're going and what... Hence he's a dictator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a dictator. Um, <laughs> yes, but also in, in Regen, for example, um, I, I sing about um, my inner feelings and um, yeah, I think those lyrics are um, kind of um, yeah, about myself about the things that happened to us um, over the last two years. So, yeah, there, there are several um, topics I, I'd like to, to, to sing about and write lyrics about. But cool. always, you know, be critical and um, try to say something. Yeah, we we had we we have uh, we just uh, talked about that also with James from Wheel. So there's a f there's um, yeah something that uh, uh, fits with this package uh, as well. Like this this kind of not yeah we had you you talked about uh, uh, the energetic rock show and uh, that's also a thing we like to do and also have have critical lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's uh, something you guys have in common. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about the videos because you have quite a lot of videos and um, yeah, some of them seemed to be connected, I think, from the first album. Could there be with all those telephones? <laughs> yeah, there were some uh, objects we, we just... Um, really loved um, to have kind of some objects in uh, for, for this one album that appear over and over again and we kind of did the same thing for Regen now with the poncho man with his white mask yeah right who's almost in every video um, and the the, the uh, one of those videos I just remembered it was in uh, it was in portrait mode for, for first yeah. and foremost that's uh, of course as a um, also visual guy who was watching a lot of movies and vid music videos uh, that's something unco uh, like it's not that common yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah and and yeah there was this blurry projections on on his face. Yeah right. Now now that you mention it, I, I I I watched the videos just earlier today, and uh, I'm I saw the connections for the videos for the first album, but for the second album, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. we we <laughs> just like stuff like that, and I think this may be influenced by some 
series that we watched or whatever. So in in Fargo or yeah. for example Fargo, they also have have those kind of things that yeah. appear over and over again. Or yeah, just just those uh, yeah. things that you realize Easter after yeah, yeah, kind of the the Easter eggs that you realize after you watched some videos or all of them. Yeah, super cool. Um, yeah, and. Uh, without having heard of you before, uh, before that tour got announced and then kind of just put your name into Facebook and reading what, what comes up there. Um, there seems to be quite a life reputation you guys have. Um, so what, what is more important for you to write your music, music at home or in the rehearsal room or go out there and play? <laughs> Man, that varies a lot. <laughs> so the past, the past two months, we we were in our studio and wrote songs, and I love it. I I think it's pretty great because you you create new sounds and new songs that you can then play live in front of people. But um, now I think the tour is great, the crowd is great, and we're enjoying ourselves very much. And so I would I would say playing live get out there but i would also say the most important thing for us is the the right mix of the both yeah and you can't have not one with the other without have the other. written songs that are then laying there for one or two years and then go out and play because you took so much time to to make the album uh, to finish the album um so it's about having a uh, a more continuous output kind of and then to be able to play over and over again and not only one long tour a year and this always in the winter or whatever and then have the rest of the year for writing so but doing both at the same time kind of so you're also also thing. trying to bring the energy from live gigs yeah. into the studio and stuff. Yeah. Great. So I'm really looking forward to the show tonight. Um, I, I, of course, I as I said, I've watched the videos and listened to to your album, uh, to both albums a bit uh, in the last two days. But uh, yeah, live. It's I think it's a whole different animal, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> Okay. Could be. So, uh, Let's see. <laughs> Let's see what you think yeah. after. Super excited. We're going to talk after the show without the microphones. I'm going to bring the stuff home now. And um, I want to thank you for the interview. It was super cool uh, talking to you. Uh, see you later on the stage. Yeah, see you later. Thank Thanks. you. Thank Freaks you. out. The Freaks Progcast presented by the Prague Space is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stangel, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, Freaks. See you next time. Freaks out. <laughs>